Welcome to the Muso Church Podcast. Here, we share the powerful and practical gospel of Jesus Christ until everyone is free and flourishing. We're so excited that you're here. Wherever you're listening from, we are trusting and believing that God is going to touch your life through this podcast. Amen. So lovely to be here, Bazalwane. Isn't it lovely to be here? It's great, hey? So, so just a disclaimer. I, I'm trying this whole suit thing. It's not working, Bazalwane. It's not working. No, it's not working. My God, I am burning. Yeah, they say it's working. But hey, now get camerile, no, I get one low here, I must hold on a little while longer. Or I will hold on, Bazalwan. Uh, I, I just decided that, you know what, let me just respect you for the month of January. So I've run out of suits. <laughs> and we still have one week to go. So I have to, I have to make a plan. Uh, uh, to God be the glory. But uh, I just thought, you know, there's visitors who are coming. And I don't want to show them. You know, when visitors come, you just want to behave. So I was like, let's just behave and just uh, respect the visitors. Come February. Get like any shorts. Amen. We are on the subject. Welcome, Osumpumi. It's good to have you. Uh, it's good to see you here. You knew I was going to do that. Uh, so I just uh, celebrate that you are back. Uh, we are so blessed to journey with God with you and your family. Um, we are on our subject, uh, flourishing in Josie. Uh, Josie being a representative of a city. And this is the second week. If you were not here last week, uh, please and go, please go and watch online, and uh, and uh, you will be able to catch up. Um, alcoholism, desire, evil, arrogant, never resting, greedy, never satisfied, capture of people, idolatry, prostitution. Self-sufficiency, self-glorification, pride, complacency, reliance on luxury and wealth, avoidance of suffering, violence against life. Without being told, any one of us would then think we are describing any of the modern cities or the modern day Josie or any of the city around the world. I've had the privilege of traveling a few of the big cities around the world. And I can tell you they are all the same. The only difference mostly is just the size of it. When you go to, uh, 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 what is this, Washington, D.C., you feel like you're in Pretoria. It just has, it's just bigger. When you go to New York, you feel like you're in Jersey. It's just bigger. When you go to London, you feel like you're in Cape Town. Cape Town is actually better. When you go to uh, California, you feel like you're at one, one of our coast areas here. It's just, they are just cities at the end of the day. It's just that they are, they are bigger. And when you read this description, this is the culture that is most prevalent in most of these cities. You would think that we are describing any one of this city if you have had an opportunity to live in them. I mean, you live in Pretoria or Jobek and all of these things, greed, uh, idolatry, prostitution, self-sufficiency, self-glorification, pride, complacency, reliance on luxury and wealth, uh, avoiding of suffering, all of these things, they sound like they describe the modern day cities, but in fact, this is how a revelation 17 and 18 and Habakkuk 2 describes the culture in Babylon which was first mentioned in the Bible some 550 years before the birth of Jesus Christ in 2 Kings 17 implying that this was a culture that was prevalent more than 3,000 years ago. The culture that we see in our cities today is not new. It has been there for more than 3,000 years. 
Because you know, we have this thing of thinking that we are in a new era, we have new problems. They are not that new. Uh, in the words of the famous critique, journalist, and novelist John Betite Aposieka, the more things change, the more they remain the same. We think that huh, we, are, we have created something new, ah, Bazalwan. No ways. It was there in Babylon. Most of these things, they're just coming in a new form, but they are the same thing. They're just coming in a new method. They're coming in a new format, but it is essentially the same thing. People have been greedy. People have, you, have, you did not create greed. You did not create prostitution. You did not create self-glorification. It, it did not come with, it is not new. The stuff that we are seeing, people choosing their own genders and uh, same-sex marriages and all these things. And most of us are thinking, yo, the world is coming to an end. What is this world coming to? People are choosing their own genders. Men are marrying men. Women are marrying women. It's chaos. Things are happening. It is bad. Oh God, things are things are getting worse and worse. No, they are not getting worse and worse. They have been happening for a long time. And every time these things happen, God will intervene and change things. He has never let the world to decay on itself. He intervened. He burned the, the altars down. He burned these things down. He is a God who knows what is happening and the same way he did with Sodom and Gomorrah he will do it in our lifetime he is a God who is still in charge we are not facing new problems we are facing old problems with the same God we are facing same old problems with the same God and the question is when he intervenes and he draws his people out, where will you be? On which side of the world will you be? Ecclesiastes 1 verses 9 says, what has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. What has been will be again. And like in those times, Bazalani, today, like, like today rather, many of the chosen people of God in those days succumbed to the culture of those days. Despite God warning them and instructing them against them, God said to them, don't do that, but they went ahead and did them. So we are not the first generation to disobey God. We are not the first generation to go against God. God gave them a warning. God gave the children of Israel instruction on how to behave when they finally make it to the promised land. God has given us instructions on how to behave when we finally make it. God has given us instructions on how to behave when we finally make it to the cities. God has given us instructions on how to behave when we finally make it to the corner office. God has given us instructions on how to behave when we finally get a little bit of money. God has given us instructions to how to behave when we finally are the CEO. But most of us, we decide that now when we get there, we can handle it. We say, no God, I will take it from here. The children of Israel, God gives them an instruction to say, I am taking you to the promised land. When you get there, this is how you behave. When they get there, they're like, God, thank you for bringing us through the wilderness, but we will take it from here. How many of us have found ourselves in that phase? Where, we, where you were at home when you were still growing up, man, you loved God. You loved his word. You loved worshiping him. He was your everything. He was your all in all. When you were still having your, you used to tithe out of 50 rents. Now you earn 500,000 rents. And you're like, no God, don't worry. It is, my, it is my intelligence that has brought me this income. I will handle it from here. You used to pray, God, give me a God-fearing wife, a God-fearing wife, God-fearing wife. God gave you the God-fearing wife. And now you say, now nah, I, will, I will read self-help books on how to do marriage. God, give me a God-fearing husband. Ha, 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 ha. And then God says, okay, here's the God-fearing husband. Submit to him. You're like, no, 50-50. Oh, so you want the God-fearing husband, but you want to do it your way. 
God, I want a God-fearing wife. Hey, she must be prayerful. She must be an intercessor. And God says, here you go. And says, and says now God says, die. Now die to yourself. Die for this woman. Ah, ah, ah God. This, this, this is not what I meant. What did you mean when you say God must give you? If it is godly, it must be done godly. If we got it, if we got it from God, we must keep it by godly standards. That's how, that's how we maintain it. And some of us were asking ourselves, God, why did you bring me to this place? And now you, you promoted me, but, my, but this place, is not, I'm not enjoying these blessings. He says, because you, have, you, are, you are trying to sustain it by worldly standards. God, God, the Bible says, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and has no sorrow. But I am in sorrow right now. He says, because you are do, you're not doing them my way. You want to go and buy a Mercedes-Benz and then you want to go and service it at Toyota. This is what do you expect? You buy a Mercedes-Benz and then you want to call the uncle at the corner and say, Uncle, just come and see. Ha, ah, uncle will come. And uncle will say he knows how to open it. And uncle will open it. And 12 hours later, when you, see, you see when you see uncle holding his waist like this? Then you know that, ah, ah, uncle, hey, uncle, listen, Basalani, don't take a godly thing and bring it to uncle. If you got it from God, when you get stuck along the way, go back to God. If you got it the godly way, when you get stuck along the way, go back to God. Don't go to people around the corner. They do not know what it takes to bring you to where you are at. How many of us have lost godly things prematurely because we went to uncle? You know why you go to uncle? Because uncle is cheaper. Africans people say, good coop is dear coop. Because we always want a shortcut. My mentor always says to me, go get, pay the price. He always says, listen, don't, don't go for the cheaper ones. Go pay the price. Pay the price. And the price that we ought to pay as Christians, obey God. Do it God's way. Do it God's way. How, how, someone asked me this week, how do I know the will of God? I'm like, And I could sense the disappointment in them. Because they were hoping that I would give them some philosophical answer that is profound. I'm like, it doesn't get more profound than read your Bible. This, the, the will of... If you want to know the will of God, just read. Read the Bible. So this is what God says to the children of Israel. When they enter the promised land, Exodus 34, verses 10 to 16. Then the Lord said, I am making a covenant with you before all your people. I will do wonders never before done in any nation of the world. The people, look, look at this, Bazalon. The people you live among will see how awesome is the work that I, the Lord, will do for you. He says, when you get into the city, the people will see how awesome I am. When you get into, a, and now they were getting into a, a place where there were giants. They were getting into a place where it was occupied by pagan, ugly, devil-worshipping people. And God is saying, I know that the city you are going is full of evil stuff. But I will show how awesome I am to those people. What I will do in your life. And we are the kind of people that flourish in a city that is dark. When we come into the city, because of our God, light begins to come. When we come into a space, God is sending us so that he can show off how wonderful and awesome he is. You can't come into a space as Muzalwan and come and complain. You were brought into that space so that God can show his splendor and glory. But he gives them an instruction. He says, obey what I command you today. So when you get there, when you get to Canaan, when you get to the promised land, obey what I command you. And I will drive out. Just obey me. 
I will drive out the toxic boss. Just, just obey me. Yeah? And I will drive out the pretentious friends. He said, just, just obey me. And I will drive out the backstabbers. Just, just obey me. And I will drive out those who gossip about you. Huh? He says, just obey me. And I will drive out your enemies. You're, you don't have even to fight your enemies. You just have to obey me. And I will drive them out. Most of us, we, we are fighting enemies that we were never called to fight because we chose to disobey God. If we, if we obeyed God, some of the battles we should not be fighting. He says to them, guys, you obey me today and I will drive out these things. Some marriages just need the husband to obey God and the marriage will be repaired. Some careers need you just to obey God and your career will be restored. Some finances just need, they are, some finances are just one step of obedience away. You know, I, I've seen people who say, uh, uh, we're not able to do one, two, three right now because we're still getting our things together and the things keep getting worse. I said, don't, don't ever put God behind to sort out issues. He says, obey me and I will drive out. It's his word. It's not me. And listen to what he says. He says, I will drive out before you the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, the Jebusites. Be careful not to make a treaty with those who live in the land where you are going. Or they will snare you among them. Break down their altars. Don't enjoy their altars. Don't dance at their altars. Don't pray at their altars. Don't flirt with their altars. Don't be accommodative to their altars. Don't tolerate their altars. He says, break down their altars. Smash their sacred stones. Cut down their Asha's poles. Do not worship any other God. For the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Be careful not to make a treaty with the people who live in this land. For when they prostitute themselves to their gods, sacrificing to them, they will invite you and you will eat of their sacrifice. You know, when, when, when you make, when you do, hey, Barcelona, you one of this thing is, it's so simple. When, when you do business with certain religions, they, they, they prefer to have business meetings around a dinner table. And when you get into their houses, you need to take off your foot, your, your, your shoes. I agree you have made a treaty with them. You have got into a business with them because they are rich. Now you must know that you are going to eat halal there. They don't compromise. You are going to do it. Because I agree you have made a treaty. You know, you know what is... Anyway, I think it's the power of Christ that is in us. Rather whether you halal or we just we just eat. <laughs> yeah, we're like ah, we have the power of Christ in us. It will neutralize this thing. <laughs> but but there are people of different religions or traditions that will require of you to do their rituals in order for you to do business with them. Mzalwan, walk away from that business deal. Have enough conviction to walk away from it. Let your hunger for God be greater than your hunger for things. Do not be equally yoked. And because if you make a treaty with them, when the time comes for them to sacrifice, they will invite you and you will eat. They will invite you. And you'll be sitting there and say, oh, this is so nice. What? What is nice? What? It's the Bible. 
And you see already, this was in Exodus, the second book in the Bible. But it's happening when? Today, we're eating. We. <laughs> we eat. Runa Arnadava. We, we go in. Can we have a meeting at our synagogue? Yeah, 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 that's fine. Ah, so, this place is so beautiful. Invite them to your Christian church. They won't come. They won't come. Invite them to your Christian church. They will not come. <laughs> and when you choose some of their daughters as wives for your sons, those daughters will prostitute themselves to their gods and they will lead your sons to the same. So some of the things, Bazalone, that we envy in the cities, we should not be envying because we do not know the prices that were paid for them. Some of the hyper success that we envy is a result of people prostituting themselves to the dark world. When, what we do not understand is some of these things to come about. Bribes had to be paid. Blood sacrifices had to be made. Souls had to be sold. And, and ungodly exchanges had to be made. And some of us have come to believe, Bazaloni, that without doing these things, you cannot succeed in the city. There are some of us who have the notion that without doing bribes, you cannot do business in the city. And, 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 and you know, you would say that to, to me as a pastor. Say, ah, Murut, you know, in the city without taking a bribe, you can't, you can't, you can't do business. So, ah, I just have to do it. But some of us, if we took the bribes, my God, I'll be preaching to people there in Dubai. You taking children. We have had opportunities to take bribes, Bazalwan. We have had opportunities to take bribes. But we had to decide God or money. There are people in this church, I won't mention them by name. There are businesses today, they are building bit by bit. Their businesses should be in the hundreds of millions. The only thing they had to do was to take a bribe. But they are still grinding. They refuse to take the, they refuse to bow. He says, I don't want something that is fast. I want something that lasts. I want something that is steady and strong. And that can only be achieved when I obey God. So some of us, we believe that there's no other way. But that is not true. There is a way. We are not the first people to, act, to, to be faced with this kind of cultures in our cities. We are not the first kind of people. There are people in the Bible who have been faced with things like that. Do you remember Ruth? She was faced with something like this. But she prevailed in the midst of that. She refused to compromise. Do you remember Esther and Mordecai in Persia? They refused to compromise. And they impacted the culture of that city. When we refuse to compromise, we have an impact on the culture. The culture does not have an impact on us. Do you remember Joseph? He refused to compromise when he was in Potiphar's house and he came and changed Egypt. When we compromise, the culture remains the same. But when we obey God and refuse to compromise, we have a shot, a change in the city for God. There were three Hebrew boys, Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego, and Daniel. They changed the culture in Babylon because they refused to compromise. They obeyed God. Bazaloni, we are not the first kind of people to meet the kind of challenges we are meeting. Let us not compromise. Let us not compromise. They will tell you, if you want your church to, to grow quicker, prophesy every Sunday, tell people that it is coming, hey, encourage them, and all these things. I'm like, I don't want it to grow quicker. I want it to grow stronger. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not worried about the speed. I'm worried about the substance. I'm not worried about the quantity. I'm worried about the quality. So these people, 
these people, if they made it, we can make it. They are an example of how to thrive in a pagan city. They are an example on how to thrive in an ungodly environment. These stories are written so that we understand that the culture we are facing, they too faced. It is not new. There are four boys who, Bazalan, do you know that maybe sometimes, you know, I think it's just general. When we think about people in the Bible, we think about old people. Is it just me? Yeah, just when you think Daniel, you just see an old person. When you think Peter, you, just, you can't imagine them being a young person. Well, these Hebrew boys were teenagers. Daniel, Meshach, they were teenagers when they were abducted from Judah. They were kids. They were younger, way younger than us, most of us here. In fact, almost all of us, they were younger than, they, 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 the disciples of Jesus, they were younger than most of us here. I mean, Jesus was young himself. He was 30 years. When he recruited them, they were, they were in their, some in their late, in their early 20s, some in their late uh, teens. So these boys, young boys, and you see, already when you understand that these were young boys, your perspective of the story changes. Could you? I thought it was some big man saying, hey, I'm not going to do that. Uh-uh. Daniel was this little boy who says, sorry, I won't do that. This teenage boy looking at, at the chief of the king and say, sorry, sir, I'm not going to do that. When I on the ID, on the passport, These young Hebrew boys were kidnapped by King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, during the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah. These teenage boys find themselves in Babylon where alcoholism, evil desires, arrogance, greed, no satisfaction, idolatry, prostitution, self-sufficiency, and all these things were happening. They find themselves in the space. They find themselves there. They are kidnapped. They, they, they were not hired, Bazalon. They were kidnapped. You see, it, it's one thing to, to, to be kidnapped and say, and say, hey, ah, God, you know what? They kidnapped me and forced me. What will be our excuse? Because no one is kidnapping us to go to the club. We volunteer. So, we pay for it. Yeah, we paid we pay to be part of the culture. They were kidnapped to be part of the culture. They were forced to be part of the culture. We volunteer. We, we say, take me culture, I am yours. These boys, these young boys were kidnapped against their will. Imagine. Do you still, do you still, you know, I get it, we, we, we quote Daniel. When, 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 we, when, we, when we are facing stuff, we're like, like the lions. God, you can shut the mouths of the lions. I shall not be consumed. He says, Daniel was not eaten by their lions because he refused to eat their food. Because he refused to eat their food, he could not be consumed by their lions. You are saying, God, help me not to be consumed by culture, but you are busy consuming the culture. Hey, Daniel could stand there because he was not part of the culture. The, their lions could not consume him because he did not consume their culture. When we are not consumed by their culture, when we do not consume their culture, their culture will not consume us. It did not start in the lion's den. It started at the table of plenty. It started at the table of opportunities. It started at the table of abundance. The obedience did not start in the in the in in the in the in the lion's den. And we come with our silly little prayers and say, God, if you take me out of this, I will obey you. He says, You did not obey me when you were at the table of plenty, and you think you will 
want to bribe me right now. I am taking you out of this, not because of your bribery, but because I'm a faithful God. That is why I'm taking you out of the lion's den. And I know that you are still going to turn against me. But I am taking you out anyway, because I have to be God. Many of us are sitting here because of nothing we have done. If anything, we should have died. He, it's just his faithfulness and his grace. You can't want to be Daniel when you are in the lion's den and you want to be uh, when you are at the table of plenty. You must decide if you are Daniel or not. You can't be Daniel in the lion's den. And then you are Judas at the table of plenty. He was not eaten by their lions because he refused to eat their food. You know, when this phrase came to me yesterday, I almost jumped out of my bed. I was like, God, what are you saying? He says, yeah. He did not eat their food. As a result, he could not be eaten by their lions. He did not consume their culture. As a result, it could not be consumed by their culture. We don't want to be consumed by a culture we consume. What one are serious? You know, <laughs> someone, I saw someone, you know, this guy, I have, I, 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 yeah, he's an interesting person. So he just, he just lives his life shame. He's always smoking hardly, always drinking, selling alcohol, and just doing all kinds of funny things. So he will post this, he will post these funny things that he's doing. And then the next thing he says, God bless our, our, our hustle. I'm like, Kanti Batu, Kamu, are we okay? <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense to you. And just, like, it'll be one post, they are posting there, they are like, hey, we're going to drink, da, 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 da. And then in the next thing they say, God, they quote the scripture. I'm like, which God are you guys talking about? Guys, you are having a monologue. It's not a dialogue between you and God. You are talking to a God you created in your own image. The one who can allow you to do all these things. Ah, no, is, is the one that is formed in your own image. And the one that is formed in your own image cannot create nothing, cannot create something out of nothing. He cannot part the Red Sea. He cannot open the eyes of the blind. He cannot resurrect the dead. He cannot, he, he cannot say, let there be light. The one who's created in your image. Ah, shame. We are a people created in the image of God. He is not a God created in the image of us. But oh, oh, we, where we can post and uh, do all these kind of crazy things and come back and say, God bless this. See, people are staying together. Uh, they, are, they are shaking there. They are, they are living in sin. And then they hold their hands. They want to pray, God, bless this union. <laughs> God is schizophrenic. So upon their arrival... This young teenage boys, upon their arrival in, in Babylon, they are put into a three-year incubation process. And this three-year incubation process had three main, uh, uh, you know, a kind of steps that they needed to go, to, to go, to go through. Uh, Daniel 1, verses 3 to verse 7. Then the king ordered Aspenaz, chief of his court's official, to bring into the court service some of Israelite from the royal family and nobility. Young men without physical defects, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He, he was to teach them the language and literature of Babylon. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years and after that they were to enter the king's service. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Mishael and uh, Azariah. The chief, office, the chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, the name Balte, Balte, eh? Baltechezer, 
to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to uh, to Azaria Abednego. So the first part of the incubation process was to change their language. It was to teach them the Babylonian language and, uh, and, and literature. To change their language, how they speak and how they read and how they understood. How they understood things and how they walked about life. And it is similar. They wanted them to be street smarts and not scripture smarts. How many of us know how to survive in the streets? We are street smart but we are not scripture smart we know how to respond according to the streets but we do not know how to respond according to the scripture we know how to navigate the streets we know how to go about the city we know how to speak the lingo of the city but we do not know scripture when we are in trouble we respond by the lingo of the city when we are under pressure we respond by the tongue of the city when we are under pressure when we get into offices we respond by speaking the lingo people cannot even tell that we are Christian because we do not know how to speak scripture. We know the codes, Oprah's codes more than we know the codes of the Bible. We know the, 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 the codes of all these famous people uh, uh, more than we know the Bible. When we say, say a prayer, you don't know how to say a prayer. But you can say a speech all night long. You can sing all the songs. Hey, you can sing, make me swear, make me what, 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 what. All those kind of things. But when we say, come and pray, you do not, you know the lyrics of the songs. You have even written the lyrics of the songs songs in a book. You know the lyrics of the songs in your heart. You can recite the lyrics of the song in the midnight hour but you say when you read the Bible the Bible bores you and you think you will have authority when you know the, uh, the language of the culture more than you know the language of, the, of, of heaven. How is it that we can cram the songs but we cannot cram the word of God? How is it that we can sing a song from A to Z? We can sing it, but when we just say, what does John, John, John 3.17 say? Huh? You stopped at John 3.16. I can, ask, I can ask every lady here and say, just recite for me, who do you tell by Tamiya? You will say it line by line. Line by line. And I say, recite for me Romans 1 1. Because we have, we, have, we have been trained in the language of Babylon without even knowing it. We are not even aware that we are proficient in the language of Babylon more than we are proficient in the language of heaven. The second thing then they said. In the language of, of Babylon, it has made us, Osumpumi, to confuse love with lust. Many of us, we think that lust is love. You think you are in love when you are in fact in lust. You think you are in need when you are in fact in greed. We want more the man's approval more than God's approval. We, we are running after things and so, so things are the goal and God is the means. It is the language of Babylon. We have been incubated and we are not even aware of it. The incubation process has succeeded and we are not even aware of it. And secondly says assign them a portion of food from the king's table. Do you know that the food that they were eating there was dedicated to gods. It was dedicated to gods. And they were saying, make them eat this food so that they get accustomed to the food. So that their palate can change. So that at one point, after three years of having eaten the same food, you don't realize that it's bad food anymore. Because you have been eating it all this time. You are accustomed to the spices. You know, when you travel a bit, you, you will realize that you, you, you are more likely to say South African food is better than food everywhere in the world. That is my opinion. My opinion is South African food is better than food from anywhere. I've never tasted food that is better than South African food anywhere in the world. And I've traveled a little bit. And I'm like, ah, okay. You are used to South African spices. Your palate is used to that. 
it is when you eat South African food, you feel like home. It's comfortable. We can, your, your, your opinion is not objective. It's subjective. You have been trained and incubated in South Africa for a long time. To the same way a person in India would say, the food in India is better than our food here. Because of, it, is not, it is not nature, it's nature. South African food is better than everywhere in the world. Who's there? Eh? Yeah. Nah. It's better to you. It's better to you. Because of what? You were incubated. So they were incubated there. And then lastly, oh my God, look at the time. Lastly, they were to be given different names. And Bazalan, look at this. Daniel's name means God is my judge. That's what Daniel means. God is my judge. And they gave him a name, Bathechezer, which means lady, a pagan god, Bella, protect the king. Lady Bella, protect the king. And that Bella was a, was a, was a, was a, was a, was a Babylonian deity. Imagine from God is my judge to some lady protect some king. They changed the name. Hanania, it meant the beloved of God. Shadrach means illuminate the sun God. Imagine. Mishael means who is as God. Meshach means like a shark. Azariah means the Lord is my help. Abednego means servant of Nigo. Who is also a pagan god. Because that's the nature of the city culture. They give us a name according to the performances of the city. They want to change our identity. The, 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 the city culture is that we forget who we are. And try to change who we are. So that we fit into the city. There are some of you at your home, they gave you a name in the city. When your mother comes here and say, we're looking for Kibonye, they say, ah, who's Kibonye? No, Kibonye, ah, well, we don't know Kibonye. Oh, because you've changed your name. You want to be cooler because you want to fit into the culture of the day. But that is the name that you were given by God. To the inspiration of God. What will you say when God calls your name when you have changed your identity? What will you respond to when God calls your name when you have changed who you are? What will you say when your name is called when you have changed who you are? The Bible in Isaiah 43 verses 1 to 4 it says, But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through the deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty you will not drown in them because I have called you by name when you are walking through the fire of oppression you will not be burned up the flame shall not consume you for I am your God and the God of Israel the Holy One your Savior I will give Egypt as a ransom for your freedom I will give Egypt and Ethiopia as a place in order to exchange your life I will change and trade the lives of many for your precious life I will honor you I love you because I called you by name don't change who you are it says when you're going through the waters and I call you by your name will you still be the same will you still hear my voice will you still hear my voice in all of this, and this is where I want to land it, the Bible says, but Daniel, the young teenage boy, resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. But he asked the chief official permission not to defile himself. Now God had caused the official to show favor and compassion towards Daniel. When we obey God, we receive favor with men. When we obey God, 
we gain favor with men. But the official says, I'm afraid, my Lord the King, who has assigned you this food and drinks? Why should he see you? Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men? The king would, would then have my head because, because of you. Then Daniel said to the guard, the chief official has appointed over Daniel, Meshach, uh, uh, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. We don't want to eat. What does he say? Say, where, where are you? Say, say, please, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables and water to drink. Let's go. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who ate the royal food and treated and treat your servant in accordance with what you see. The confidence of Daniel. He says, man, if we are worse off, treat us the way you see us. You can kill us if you want. The thing has not even started. But he has confidence that when I obey God, I come out better. He says, in 10 days, test me. I am here this morning. I say, test me in 10 days and see if I will not be better. I say, I'm going to do my marriage God's way. Test me in 10 months and see if I'm not better. I am going to do my job God's way. Test me in 10 days and see if I'm not better. I'm going to do my friendships God's way. Test me in 10 days and see if I'm not better. I'm going to do my fight for the next 10 months. I'm going to do my finances God's way test me and see if I'm not gonna come out better hey and if I don't come out better do to me whatever you like because I know I have confidence in he who has begun this great work in me I know that he is faithful to see it to completion that is why I say to the enemy let me do it God's way and test me after 10 days I'm gonna do it God's way test my marriage after 10 months there's some of us we are 10 steps away from our breakthrough just obedience 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 and we'll see the change he said test me after 10 days I said devil test me after 10 days of this fasting prayer I said test me after 10 months of giving my tithe consistently and you will see the, 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 the way of my finances test me after 10 months of being diligent in my work and you will see a difference test me after 10 months of praying every day and you will see the difference and if I'm no different you can smite me right now because I know that when I obey God, He lifts me up. We need to be so confident in God that we are able to say, Test me, test me. And this is what the Bible then says See now, ah, man. At the end of the time, at the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked to them and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Do you see that they are even calling them? by their original names not by the names they gave them ha, because they see that these people have obeyed their God we dare not touch them he, they call they don't call them they don't call them best shells or whatever that is he says you are Daniel God is your judge even the king of Babylon understands that these people have tested we have tested their God and we see that they are still strong they are still standing so they brought whatever label they gave you when you obey God the label will turn around whatever they have spoken over your life when you obey God they will go back and call you by a name God was giving you today they are calling you names but keep on obeying God and you will see a turnaround they will come back to you and they will call you what God has called you it says none was equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah 
so they will enter the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all of the magicians and enchanters in the whole kingdom. They say, give us ten days. The Bible says they found them ten times better. It says they found them ten times better. But all right. We don't get worse off for trusting God. We get better. We are not worse off for trusting God. We are better off. We are not worse off for trusting God. We are better off. As you find yourself in a pagan culture, as you find yourself in a Babylon-like culture, trust God. Trust His ways. Abstain from that which is not godly. Don't eat their food. Don't change your name. Don't change who you are. Don't change your gender. Don't change your identity. Trust him. Trust him. And when you are tested, you'll be found to be so much better. Father, we thank you. We honor you and we give you praise. You are God and God alone. We say in our lives, have your way. We shall not conform to the patterns of this world but we shall be transformed by the renewal of our mind that we will know and live in the perfect and acceptable will of our Father, God in Jesus mighty name we have prayed, Amen Thank you for joining us today we believe that this message has been a blessing to you why not be a blessing to someone else by sharing this message with them also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Goodbye and God bless.